right, welcome everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Telling Stories from the EGA Clubhouse. We've been actually trying to do this one for a little while. We've had some uh, scheduling issues and I got sick and then it's uh, <laughs> we had technical issues with internet, but we're all here together today and I'm really excited to introduce our EGA membership to the Bubble Agency. So I'm going to get into a little bit about why we're talking today and why I'm excited about this, and more importantly, why I think it makes sense for our members. But maybe we can start with kind of introducing our um, uh, our two uh, our two interviewees today. So we have Kim Wilshire, who is the head of Americas for Bubble Agency, and we have Nikita Punchal, who is head of marketing. Um, so I guess I don't know who wants to take this, but why don't we start with like the elevator pitch about. Who is the bubble agency? What is the bubble agency? What do you do? Um, you, you actually have been uh, connected to EGA now for a little while. You were just sponsors of our summer party in London. So thank you for that. Um, so why don't you start with kind of telling us a little bit more about who you guys are and what you do and, uh, and also maybe a little bit about your, your respective roles. Sure. Kim, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, I can uh, take the bit about who, who Bubble Agency is. So uh, we are a, a PR marketing and events agency that really specializes in the media and entertainment sector um, and some related sectors as well, um, like uh, the sports industry, the AV industry. But um, really, our, our specialization is anything to do with media and entertainment. So we work with a lot of the technology vendors and service providers within the industry. Um, and yes, have, have had a great relationship with AGA, EGA recently, um, sponsoring the party and um, and getting to know you guys. So thanks for having us. Absolutely. And Nikita, tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm Nikita, Marketing Director here at Bubble Agency. Um, and so it's in the title, I guess I look after the marketing division. So um, a, a lot of clients come to us with, uh, you know, they're needing assistance with more than just PR, it could be CRM marketing, brand marketing, digital marketing. Um, and so yeah, myself and the team get stuck in and help them in all those different areas. All right. Well, I'm clearly uh not a, a seasoned host at this. I haven't even introduced myself. So uh, I'm Scott McCarthy, <laughs> for those who don't know. Um, I'm uh, head of dubbing for DreamWorks Animation and also vice president of the EGA. I actually was had to fight uh, uh, Simon, our president of the EGA, a little bit to, to host this podcast because uh, I was really excited about this with the marketing angle. Um, people that know me and know my career, I've been at DreamWorks about 18 years, but you know most of that 10 years of that actually was in marketing. So uh, marketing is the heart of what I do. I think I try to leverage my marketing background into what we do in dubbing. Dubbing in many ways is marketing. It's it's branding. I always tell my team to think of ourselves as, um, you know, our dub team is think of ourselves as a brand team more than a, a dubbing or localization team. Like we are protecting the brand of what we are localizing. And that goes for any, any company that does this work or creates services in, in this space. So really excited to get to talk to you guys today and kind of figure out how, you know, we can integrate the marketing side into what we do. And I think that's the key here. I want to try to figure out how do we like bridge that gap. A lot of times we think about marketing for the actual product. Um, you know, I think as an industry, we do really good at marketing our films and our TV shows and the actual content we're creating and localizing. But there's a place in, and I think um, in our industry to to really market ourselves as much as we are marketing our product. And I think that 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 part of it gets lost a little bit. 
So I guess I'll dive in with my first question, which is, and I, and I forgive me, I'm, I'm reading this back. I'm, I wrote it that it's very broad. So I'm going to, let me, let me read, read you the question and then we'll try to take it, actually get a little more granular here. Um, but what is PR's place in today's landscape for companies that offer technologies and services uh, for the media and entertainment sector? And so I'm going to ask you to kind of answer that two ways, because take the kind of broad approach, but also, you know, you've been a part of the EGA now for a little bit, you know, our members, you've gotten to know a lot of us, like, how do we even more specifically apply that to the types of companies that are within the EGA? So, Kim, I don't know if you want to maybe start with this one. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think the the, the whole sector, um, when it comes to media and entertainment technologies and services, it's, um, you know, a really crowded marketplace. There's lots of companies offering lots of different services. And, but then particularly within that, um, the localization sector itself, there's, you know, so many different service providers of all sizes um, competing for business. Um, so really, um, you know, the benefit of PR is helping you to really stand out from that crowd. Um, and, you know, as I say that, you know, you've got, companies of all sizes doing localization and I think there's a bit of a misconception that PR is really for big companies and just for the the big vendors in the industry but actually um, it's something that can benefit companies of all sizes Um, you know whether you do it yourself in-house or engage an agency like us I think there's lots of benefits to be had from from doing PR Um, and I think one thing that PR is actually really effective at is um, helping smaller companies punch above their weight so being seen as bigger than they are or the experts in the industry you know it's it's not all about size Um, and at Bubble we we do work with companies of all sizes so um, with some of our bigger clients they've got their own marketing and communications teams that we work alongside but then we also work with some smaller companies and startups and we are effectively are their PR and marketing team. Yeah you know I kind of think about you know, I work for a big company. Um, DreamWorks is owned by NBC Universal, which is owned by Comcast. Um, but even within that structure, you know, you're talking about trying to help companies of all sizes. But it, there's even a layer where you could help smaller divisions within a company. Like, you know, when I talked about how I try to apply my marketing background to what I do, I have to market ourselves within not just our industry, but within my larger company as well, in order Mm -hmm. to stand out. A company like NBC Universal has lots of ways and divisions and groups that can localize material. And it'd be really easy for DreamWorks content to just kind of be folded into this like kind of machine factory way of of dubbing where it just kind of gets handed off and there's no oversight and you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not following the brand and protecting the brand in the way that, you know, I feel like you know we should be. So um, I've got a really market myself and my team, it's a small group or, you know, group of about 11, 12 people, you know, and I got to market myself within a larger company just to stand out. So I think that this isn't not, this isn't just for companies itself, but also like groups and and it it gets, you know, more granular as you kind of really unpack it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, sometimes we may just be working with, um, you know, one division of a, a larger organization or or it may be like you were saying, sort of more like internal communications. So, you know, making sure that different parts of the business know what other parts of the business are doing and, and how it all works is um, an important part of what we do for some of our clients as well. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, you know, to me, whether you are, and I touched, touched on this at the beginning, but whether you are, you know, actually in charge of a workflow where you have actors behind a mic and you're actually doing the dubbing or you're creating just a, a platform that just makes our job more efficient. Like all of that needs to be highlighted. You, you know, everyone needs to, you know, obviously take pride in their work, but 
part of that is, is putting yourself out there and making sure people know what you're doing. Cause you know, you really can't grow unless you're making sure people know what you are doing and, and, and in larger circles beyond just, you know, maybe the, the people you're selling to, you just, you really need to kind of go, you know, maybe talk about that if you can a little bit, like why, why go wider than just, you know, the, the, your, your target audience per se, like what, what is it to really take a service and, 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 and promote it um, much wider, even if they're not prospective clients per se. Yes, I think one of the things about PR is that um, we talk about target audiences. So it isn't just your customers. It could be, you know, your prospective customers who you're not talking to yet. But there's also, you know, it could be your um, ecosystem of partners that you work with. It could be, um, you know, your staff that you're trying to hire or who you currently um, have working for you. Um, you know, it could be the talent that you work with, you know, especially in localization, working with, um, you know, different types of voice talent, um, really sort of um, giving you that edge so that people understand who you are, but also want to work with you. Um, so, you know, it's all about elevating the brand so that they're aware of you and, you know, see you as a brand that they want to work with. I love it. It all comes back to a brand and, and, and that, yeah. and it's so important to, to, to kind of put that stamp on there like that. So um, I want to bring Nikita in. I feel like, okay, can we, we've been talking, I need to bring <laughs> Nikita into this uh, conversation. Well, so, I, actually, I was just going to add yeah. one thing to, to what Kim mentioned on, on the last point. And that's just that with so many people involved in the chain, each piece of the puzzle helps tell the story. It helps explain the plot. So they, they do all have a place to, to, to sit on that PR table, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I'm just pausing because that was beautifully said. And I, <laughs> I cannot, uh, I could not recap it any better than that. I'm going to actually <laughs> probably play this back and remember that the, the pieces of the puzzle, like well done. Um, and it's, it, it perfectly summarizes kind of what we're getting at here. So um, let's, let's shift a little bit into maybe some marketing trends. And Nikita, I'm wondering from your perspective, like what are the, the biggest marketing trends that you're seeing from companies in our space and our like media and entertainment uh, sector, if you will. Yeah, sure. No, so I would say, so I, I actually came from the fintech industry uh, before I joined the broadcast um, sector. Okay, can I, can I stop you right there? I have, yeah. Can you explain what that is? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. So, so fintech stands for financial technology. Um, and so I, I worked in that field for just just under um, 10 years before moving into broadcast. And one of my earliest observations coming from that background was how this industry is so tech fo focused. You know, they've got amazing technology in, in, in this arena, but it's so heavy. They say, when it comes to their marketing, I don't necessarily see that translated all the time, even for some of the big brands as well, which you, you would sort of maybe expect that from. Um, and just to give you like an example, I, I um, have seen from working with a client that that I do that they're really focused on some of the industry um, events that take place you know NAB IBC just to name the two biggest ones that come to my mind right now um, and you, you there's a piece of marketing technology called geofencing um, and this is quite a common practice outside of the sector where you could kind of capture anybody who comes within a certain radius of, of the building or, or whatever and it 
not just geofencing, but other things as well, just wasn't on people's radar. It wasn't something that they necessarily um, did. And I do want to emphasize that that is just one example, that there are a few others as well, like lead scoring um, and attribution modeling and all of those things that are more sophisticated types of marketing where you really need technology in order to assist you. I just didn't see that spill through from... Um, into the marketing departments and and that was a shock to my system to be honest um and i obviously there was a pivot to digital uh in 2020 21 however as the grip of the pandemic is is slowly but surely lessening we're seeing more and more clients come to us again for in person events and management um and with that comes more traditional forms of marketing so i mean that's one of the the trends that 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 i've been able to to see and that sort of also tags on to something called account based marketing account based marketing is something that's really common practice um but i i don't i haven't myself personally through my experience seen that um executed too much within um businesses that operate in the media and entertainment sector can you describe that a little bit more and what that is uh, account-based marketing yeah yeah sure so this is this this involves a very close alignment with sales where you would typically pick no more than 20 top key accounts that you want to target or that you would like to do business with. And all of your marketing efforts and, um, you know, capital funding, everything only focuses on those top 20 uh, uh, accounts. So it's not about spreading your marketing far and wide. It's very hyper-targeted, extremely hyper-concentrated, and a large chunk of your marketing budget goes on just that. Um, and using technology, which refers back to my first point, in allowing businesses um, to, to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it does happen, but but not to a sophisticated level that I've seen exist outside of the media and entertainment sector. So it's interesting because you can go kind of the more targeted route as you're describing. We also yeah. just came off the conversation with Kim where we're talking about also the need to kind of branch out wider to cast a wider net to really kind of establish your brand um you know that kind of gets into you know when you kind of break down marketing and you get into branding and promotions and pr and it's like when you really kind of you know each of those kind of have a different purpose and and cast different size nets out there um Mm -hmm. but i think i think the the point is and, and let me know what you think about this but to me the point is like there's there, there's a strategy for your company, no matter what size you are. And it may be something that's very geo-targeted. It may be something that is very hyper-focused on a very core group of people you're reaching out to. It could be more about just growing your brand and, and making sure you're you're known wider within the larger industry, whether or not you're selling to those, those particular, you know, companies or people, whatever the case may be. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, something like the bubble agency can come in and kind of really create a campaign or create a strategy that is makes sense for your business or makes sense for, you know, your product, whatever that is. Yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on, on the head there. I, I guess, obviously, the core of the sort of decision making framework when it comes to, to, to marketing in general and PR, it, it's still all around um, networking, I find as the primary, but everything else around it is equally important. And so, here at Bubble Agency, we help you with the with the wider um, macro level um, PR communications, but also with the hyper targeted and hyper concentrated uh, strategies, which comes from marketing. So you kind of get that complement from both ends of the stick. 
Yeah, and I think as well, it you know, it comes back to your company objectives. So as a business, what is it you're trying to achieve? And then, you know, we sort of take a look at that and then come up with the strategy and, and you know, which PR and marketing tactics we should be using, whether it is something that's sort of about broader awareness or whether it's that more targeted um, marketing. And, and I think we're kind of touching on this. Can I, it's going to segue into my next question, which is, Going back to one of your earlier points, Kim, which is about standing out in a crowded market. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I'm like a smaller company, it's like, it feels a little overwhelming. It feels like we're talking about strategies that are for the big players, but like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is that key to creating that strategy that, that, that helps you stand out? Yes, I mean, there's definitely sort of lots of different tactics out there that um, you can consider. And I think, as I said, you know, it's, it's making sure it links back to your objectives. But I think there's a bit of a not a misconception necessarily but more um, I think when people think of PR they think of press releases which um, you know is definitely a valid vehicle for um, you know educating the industry about what it is you're doing getting your news out there but um, PR is is a lot more than just press releases and so you know if for example you want to set yourself apart as a company that's an expert in a specific um, area or technology um, things like um, contributing opinion articles to industry publications or speaking at um, events or conferences within the industry um, is another great way to show that you're an expert. So, you know, press release is great for getting your news out, but it's not necessarily going to give you that sort of um, expert thought leader positioning that um, speaking opportunities and opinion pieces can do. Um, and, and I think that's key. I think the, you know, being able to answer that question, which is what separates you? Mm-hmm. And for a company, I think that we don't always ask ourselves that question and, and we don't really, you know, really, because your, your, your objectives that you're talking about, it all comes down to the answer to that one question. And I think if we really prioritize that question or we ask our, you know, EGA members and people that are hearing this and kind of trying to, you know, think that it makes sense for them to kind of put some, some type of strategy like we're talking about in place, you know, it starts with that question. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's different tactics. Again, if, you know, you're a small player, but you want to show that you're just as credible as the big boys, you know, it could be that, you know, you should be pursuing industry awards and shouting about the work that you have done with clients through case studies and um, or even speaking about those um, projects at, at events and things like that. Or, um, you know, if it's a case of trying to engage with, you know, future employees or um, voice talent, perhaps it's more about engaging with them on um, social media. So there's, you know, tons of different things that you can do within PR. It's not just about sending out press releases, but as you say, it all comes down to what is it that you want to achieve. Um, and, you know, all these different things have, have different benefits, but ultimately it's, it's all about supporting those business goals um, you know, helping open doors to people that maybe haven't heard of you before, or maybe didn't consider you a credible player before. And, and, and you mentioned this earlier and your you know, everything we're talking about, you know, in this, you know, in answering this last question, it, it, it all boils back to networking as well. So, you know, can, can you expand a little bit more? I don't know if Cameron Dikita who wants to take this, but just that, 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 that important element of networking and having a voice, being at the table, be, you know, using your platforms like LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, whatever your company is utilizing, but just making sure that you're always a part of that conversation and connecting with people and, you know, whether that's digitally or through these events, but can, you, can we talk about or unpack a little bit more the, the importance of networking? 
Um, so I, I was just going to mention, so obviously when it comes to B2B marketing in in particular, um, I, I, I think I mentioned earlier that when, it, when we talk about the decision-making framework for marketing, it boils down to networking because that's, you know, you can very closely relate to sales um, as, as well because they want to know, are you going to secure me a meeting or are you able to book a demo or um, are, are you going to be able to book a phone call? And all of those are opportunities for you to be able to to network and 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 start to build um a rapport but it's almost taking it a step back a little bit as well just connecting to what Kim just um talked about and mentioned about positioning yourself as a thought leader and merging that with marketing so for example if um if you wrote a white paper or a report or something like that, um, that's something that that is, is is PR focused. And then having a strategy afterwards about how you're going to get that report out there to 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 the you know to the wider um, world basically and and to your target audience. But then the third step is also then being able to use assets like that when you're in networking situations. So sometimes um, our clients we might secure them speaking opportunities and. And whilst they're at the table and they're talking, they're referring back to um, a, a white paper or a report or something that, that we may have written for them before or something that they specialize in. And at the end of those conversations, they're directing people back to their website to try and download the, the white paper. So it's almost like joining up the dots and, and thinking of it as a 360 sort of holistic um, viewpoint. Obviously, the terminology of networking is a lot wider than that, but that's kind of like sometimes how you can use things that you may have created in marketing and um, in, in PR to then use them in an environment where you're forced to network. Yeah. And it's probably networking and synergy just kind of coming together. And I think you, again, you're you gave some, you have some great lines so far in this podcast. I love your presenting yourself as a leader, but then you're connecting it to the marketing strategy as well. And, and so important. And I love that you connected those dots and, and, um, and, and like we said, it's, it's networking, but it's, it's all networking in, in a sense is also that, that synergy that you're talking about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to be respectful of time because we are running out here, but I do want to end with kind of one question, which is, is, okay. you know, trying to sum this up and this is probably an impossible question to answer, but is there like a secret sauce to some like modern approach for marketing? Or, you know, we talked about maybe the, the, the first place to start is kind of answering that question, which is what separates you and making sure as a company or as a, as a pro- provider of whatever service you can answer that question. But is, is, is it boiled down to that? Is there, is there another kind of like secret formula or element or, or thing that we're not touching on? Yeah, so that, that's a big question. <laughs> I'm going to break it down by first. I thought you were going to say it's a big question, so I'll let Kim take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling that mean today. No, so um, I'm going to start off just by breaking it down and pinpointing exactly what modern day marketing is, because everybody would know that it's a different landscape today with inbound, um, et cetera, et cetera, to what it was. 10 years ago, you know, yet yet alone just last year. So I I refer to modern marketing as a holistic, agile, data-driven methodology that sort of connects brands with the ideal customers, right? At the end of the day, the aim is to sort of drive targeted business results. Um, But through the elements, um, there's just a number of ways to, to, to be able to do that. And to me, I would say that the secret source is actually what I refer to as an omni-channel marketing campaign, where you have 
you're trying your hand at lots of, of different things and you're connecting them and, and using them in conjunction with each other. Because far too often I'll hear, oh, let's uh, let's run a LinkedIn campaign or let's let's do a, a PPC campaign or, um, you know, a, something along those lines. But they're in isolation. They're just one off campaigns. They're not working with each other. There's no wider campaign. So. I mean, it, it sounds like the, the obvious thing to say, but it's having that strategy in place and actually having the right people to do that strategy, albeit an agency like us or your own staff internally. Once you can nail down that strategy and the purpose and the why, et cetera, et cetera, then you're able to then apply that whole omni-channel um, philosophy because you're diverting your mind and you're moving yourself and your business away from oh one one campaign I should generate x amount of leads no they they all have to work together you need lots of different touch points for different people and I also think that that spills over into what we call persona profiling um and and just to give like an example Persona profiling is where you're looking at an archetype or a group of people right, that represent um, a, a, a section of, of your audience. So a lot of the time... Say, say the EGA membership. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, so say if somebody came and was like, oh, when would Joe blogs, when is the best time for me to put something out on, um, I don't know, on Instagram or or LinkedIn so that our audience is going to see it. But the, the correct answer is actually if you had a, a persona and you know that everybody within that persona group in particular is looking at something on social media at a certain time and certain day, that's when you should be putting it out rather than saying looking at your data as a whole and being like oh a Wednesday afternoon is best because that was generic it wasn't it wasn't targeted and that's what personas can help you do and together with that information that's how you can form a strategy that that really makes sense um and I'm using this word a lot but it's hyper targeted right because that's what it boils down to ultimately yeah and it also comes down to that 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 connection that you're talking about as well which is you know if you're out there and you're 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 on LinkedIn and you're, 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 you're in a, you're leading a conversation on that platform, but then connecting it to your white paper, connecting it to the podcast, connecting it to all these other elements that you are, you know, these other voices that you have, you know, in, within, within your industry, within the conversation, you know, that, that, that's being had. Um, It's just making sure that you're, you're constantly having a strategy that connects everything, um, you know, and then, and then, and then this approach that you're talking about, which is a tar- targeted approach, but then also I don't want to, you know, I also want to bring it back to kind of the conversation with Kim about also not, not shying away from a, a broader kind of branding as well, which is going to, which is going to cast a wider net intentionally. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I was also going to mention on this topic the word strategy can be quite daunting for some of the smaller agencies or if you're a one-man band or something for example and it, it doesn't always have to be that that complicated actually sometimes less is more and um, depending on your objectives obviously um but the other way to look at it is always circling back to a point that you made right at the beginning Scott which was about 
thinking of yourselves as influencers and carrying that mentality into your marketing so that it's not just about raising the profile for the company, um, which is most of what I've talked about today anyway, but also about raising the profile for those individuals and knowing the power that they hold in their hands as well. All right, Kim, I'm going to give you the, the, the daunting task of any last words. Uh, uh, Nikita, that was beautifully said. Thank you for that. And it's a great point to remember. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an individual-based approach. It's also as much as it is a company-based approach. So, um, but any, any kind of final stamp to put on that, Kim? Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I think this. I think what we're talking about is really, you know, making sure that everything's integrated. So, you know, although we've kind of talked almost as though PR and marketing are, are two separate things, actually, they really do go hand in hand together. And you know, assets that you create in a PR campaign, you know, you need to make the most of them um, through marketing. Um, you know, it's just um, as Nikita was saying, you know, you, you don't want to be doing things in isolation, or you're not going to get the best bang for your buck. So. Um, you know, when when you do create something, whether, whether that's a press release or an article or a case study, just, you know, make sure that you you really get the most out of it. And and finally, I think as well, you know, for any companies that are thinking about um, embarking on PR and marketing, I think, you know, just, um, you know, start small, give it a go and, you know, start seeing the results and and looking at where things work and then you can sort of tailor and adjust your approach as you go. But as I say, I think it's something that everyone can benefit from. So definitely give it a try. All right. I can almost hear our EGA representative in my ear saying like, wrap it up, Scott. Um, But I do have one final question, which is, you know, tell us how we find you. Um, for anyone interested in connect in connecting with you guys, I know you're 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 sponsors of the EGA, you're you're a big part of the EGA and big supporters of that um, of us. So thank you first and foremost. So how do we find you? And then also, can you end with, I need to know the the um, backstory behind Bubble and where <laughs> where 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 does this name come from? Because that's some, sometimes my favorite question to ask is is understanding like how a company <laughs> came up with their name. So, uh, so where you can find us, um, you know, we're on our, our website, bubbleagency.com, or um, feel free to, to drop us an email. Um, my email is kimw at bubbleagency.com. Um, and as for the name, um, actually, we, um, we were originally called Bubble and Squeak. Um, we are a, a UK-based agency, although we, you know, have a, a, a good presence in the US now as well. But um, I don't know if uh, many Americans are familiar with Bubble and Squeak, but it's a, a, a dish <laughs> that's served <laughs> in the UK. Um, and then we kind of went through a rebrand as, you know, us as an agency grew up ourselves Um dropped the squeak and became bubble agency um but i think it's um it's also a good sort of analogy to going back to that whole um idea of networking you know we we are a, a big bubble a big network um within the industry so um you know as our tagline says we like to sort of help people through our our knowledge and network so Beautifully said. And I think Bubble encapsulates that perfectly, much more than Squeak would have. So I think you made the right <laughs> choice. Um, this was a true pleasure. I love being able to kind of wear my marketing hat, which I haven't, um, you know, been out of that world uh, in, in, in a direct way for many years now. So um, it's been great to kind of like relive those those early days of my career and, and and also kind of get up to date on kind of where things are going. Like you you talked about it, Nikita, like where, you know, the, the way we approach marketing 10 years ago versus today, which is so, you know, so data driven. It's um, 
it's 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 a lot to stay on top of. So I'm glad we have companies like you guys to help us keep track of it all. And uh, thank you for joining this conversation today. Thank you for having us. Join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling.